Hey, it's Jen Mack, Lady of the Mind. Welcome to Life Mastery Decoded for Women and Women Entrepreneurs, where I help you decode the struggles in your life in the areas of health, wealth, and relationships with mind mastery and meditation tools and techniques so that you can live the life that you're proud of. Welcome to today's podcast. Hey, ladies, it's Jen Mack, Lady of the Mind. Welcome to today's episode where I am hoping I am finding you living a life of ease. If you are not living a life of ease, then it is my intention that in today's podcast, that today's episode, I can give you one nugget of inspiration towards your transformation. Are you forcing things? Are you pushing and, and trying to, to take or smooth the water with your hands. I love that analogy so much. I, I think about that all the time, and I, and I uh, spend a lot of time trying to force things to happen. And I forget to use my tools, use the tools that I teach and the tools that I firmly believe in. And But when I do, when I reach for that tool, my life immediately starts to fall into place. And that's what is so joyous is it really is about loading your toolbox. Just like in life, you have a screwdriver, a Phillips in a straight, you have a drill, you have a hammer, you have a saw, you have these tools that are used for different jobs. They're used for different projects. And life is no different. It really is about collecting your spiritual tools along the journey that then when you are faced with some sort of difficulty, some challenge, some obstacle, you have a toolbox of tools to pull from. So today we're gonna talk about force versus ease and how you get to a place of ease instead of always pushing and pulling and forcing the physical world to mold into what you desire. And we do that so often. When I first started my business, uh, well, actually, I was a personal trainer in 2009, 2010, and then 2010, I took my, my personal training and I was running a group class that was called One Ultimate Health. Actually, it was called, um, oh, what was it called back then? It had an interesting name. But anyway, and uh, I changed the name that summer. So I went out in April and then by June, I had changed the name to One Ultimate Health. And the one was an acronym for oneself nutrition and exercise. And the oneself is the biggest. It's in order um, from the most important area of focus to the least important area of focus. So you start with yourself. And it was so brilliant. I was working I was working at daycare and the kids were down for a nap and I was telling my my who's my best friend, Carrie, and I was telling her I need a name for this business. And um and I said, and I wanted something that was catchy. I liked the idea of an acronym when I teach things or, or do talks from stage. I, I always have an acronym. And uh, it's easy for people to remember. But then if you think of it, the acronym goes deeper, right? So you, it's a word that makes sense about the whole thing that you're doing. And so I was using the dictionary and I was using the thesaurus on my phone. And I was trying to come up with this cool name. And I came up with the name one. And it was really interesting because as the number one, which is the first in the alphabet, you know, and yes, I know alphabet, the letters, they're letters, but uh, it was the number one. 
And that was part of my logo. And then it didn't take long for it to transition to this acronym that was absolutely brilliant. And the brilliance is what I'm going to talk about today because it wasn't, it was me, but it was the spiritual me. It was the intuitive me that led me to this name of this business. And I liked the number one because it was, you know, one boot camp instructor, one class, one result, and it was your main result. So we're always, we're always out for one thing. And, uh, and of course we're out for several things, but there's always one thing that floats to the surface that, that we want so bad. Right. And so it totally fit, but then I wanted it to go just a little bit deeper. And when I thought about the number one, and then I remember asking, I remember sitting on the couch, um, the kids were napping and so it was just Carrie and I, I think Carrie had just gone into the kitchen and was starting to like maybe get snack ready as some of the kids were starting to wake up. And, um, I remember thinking, what would be something that would be profound? What would be something that would really fit this whole business? And I remember I kept seeing the number one, like I kept seeing it in my head and I'm like, yeah, 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 I get it. And then all of a sudden it was like O-N-E. And so then I had a piece of paper and I wrote O-N-E down and I'm thinking, okay, so what can this acronym stand for? And then immediately, you know, I was, even back then I was creating courses and some of them will never see the light of day, but all these personal development courses. And I remember thinking, well, the N and the E are going to be for nutrition and exercise. Okay, so that's good. And then, but the first part, it's about them. It's about the person. It's about them getting their attitude right. Them being optimistic. And then I'm like, Oh, optimism. Okay. So it's optimism, nutrition and exercise. And it just didn't, it didn't flow. It didn't sound right. And so then anyway, through, uh, some, some, uh, uh, deciphering and, and using the thesaurus, I came up with oneself and it was beautiful and it was brilliant and it was my intuition. And I had tapped into my intuition because otherwise I probably still wouldn't have a name for that boot camp, and I don't even run the boot camp anymore. But, um, so one self nutrition exercise. And I said, and it's in order based on the, the uh, importance. You have to get you right first. You can't be pessimistic and, and negative and hate life and then have positive results. If you do get positive results, it's going to be very, very intermittent. And it's not going to be something that, that is going to be a regular part of your life. So we have to rely on something else. We have to rely on our intuition and we, and, we, and we have to rely on something greater than us. And that greater than us is our source energy or God or the universe or our subconscious mind. And it, it, our connection to this is what is going to help our lives to unfold in this magnificent way. And when your life is unfolding in this way, your life becomes easy. Now, if, if we were in a, a workshop and I was going to have you build a birdhouse, you would need specific tools. You would need a saw to cut the wood. You would need a hammer to put the nails. You would need wood glue to support it. You would need paint to decorate it. You would need these tools. If I brought you to this workshop and set you at a table and I had a model of the bird feeder or birdhouse in front of me and I said, here's, here's what you're going to make today, but there's no tools anywhere in this room. 
There's nothing anywhere for you to put this kit together. How frustrated would you be? Like, how long would it take for you and for me to go, keep going, come on, you guys, get to work, build this birdhouse. And you'd be like, there's no tools. I don't know what to do. I'm like, build the birdhouse. That's like us and our goal. Our goal is the birdhouse. The us is sitting in the, at the table with no tools. This is what creates this frustration. Now what I would say is standing at the front of the, the classroom and I would say, okay, close your eyes and visualize, see this wood and these nails and this, and this, this image of this birdhouse or bird feeder in front of you. And now think about what tools you would need. And then those tools would appear. This is what intuition is. It is about getting centered, getting present, getting quiet, and allowing the greater power that is within you to surface and reveal itself. So one of the most powerful tools I use are my mala beads because in this world we live in, we use a lot of mental energy. But mental energy is very short. It is for solving math problems and balancing your checking account and figuring out how to get from here to there or maybe planning a trip. But when you're really trying to deal with emotions or make a big change or overcome obstacles, you're talking about this emotional energy, which our mental energy cannot solve. Our emotions versus logic, they don't go together. It's like peanut butter and mayonnaise. They don't go together. Your mental energy is for analytical thinking. Your emotional energy is for creating joy and tapping into the greater power. And so how do we do that? Well, in 2013, I had gone to this women's retreat. I had just become certified as a life coach. I had been certified for like a year. I was studying like crazy. I was ready to begin this business. And I, just like personal training, I did a bunch of one-on-ones and then wanted to move quickly to a group atmosphere. I wanted to do workshops. I wanted to do women's retreats. I wanted to be on stage. And I needed more information. This is my mental energy. I need more information. I need to study more. I need to figure out how to market. I need to figure out what platform I'm going to use. All of this mental energy is being used and I was becoming exhausted. So a year into this, uh, 2013, my friend Kathy invited me to a women's retreat that was held in Austin, Texas. Well, first of all, I had zero interest in going to Texas. Zero. Mostly because the spiders are huge. And I don't like spiders. I'm fine with them now. I was able to overcome the energy around spiders. I'm fine with them now. I don't want them crawling on me, but I would be fine to go back to Texas. Anyway, back in 2013, I did not want to go to Texas. Anyway, so she's like, listen, this is going to help not only you personally, but it's going to help your business. And it's going to help you to grow as a person. And it's also going to help you to grow as a facilitator in your business and a business owner and a coach and a facilitator of workshops or retreats. I'm like, okay. So uh, lo and behold, I end up going. Now, I learned probably 36 different tools that I could use when I was faced with any kind of a challenge. Like 36, like I'm not kidding. I was there for a week with 41 other women and, and like 10 facilitators. It was a large group. It was amazing. I had, it was absolutely life-changing. But one of the tools that I learned that was not actually taught at the retreat was mala beads. Now, I have spoken about mala beads several times in my podcast, 
And you can certainly see what mala beads are on our website. You can go to the meditation room TC com and type in mala beads in the search and you will see what mala beads are but basically they're a necklace with 108 stones or beads and you use this to help you focus your mind so now back to what i was saying about my business and i have a lot of i exert a lot of mental energy mental energy is exhausting and is or is easily exhausted if you start to bring in emotions And when you are dealing with those emotions, but you're using your mental energy, that's when things become kind of chaotic and you can really feel the resistance. It's like trying to understand emotions without ever feeling the emotions of somebody else. Like, do you remember as a little girl, you would ask your mom, what does it feel like to, to be in love? And she would try to explain it. And all she's explaining are the logical symptoms of feeling in love. And then she would say, when you know, you know, right? What she's saying right there is, mentally, I can't explain it to you. But on an emotional level, you will know when it's right for you. And what is it? It's very easy. When you know, you know, and you don't have to, there are no words to explain it. That is your intuition. That is your alignment when you just know. So how do we tap into that? Well, because the world is moving so quickly into this mental energy phase that we are taught, especially if you go into business, you're taught other people's strategies of how to do things. But all you're learning is their strategy, their intuition, what it feels like to them to be in love, right? And then you try to apply that same strategy to your life. And oddly enough, it doesn't really work. So we go get another course. We go read another book. We go listen to another guru. And we get their mental explanation of what their intuition told them. And we try to apply it. And we just go and we just keep going and we keep going. I don't know about you, but that has been my journey for like 10 years. And... And I'm starting to realize I, as we keep hearing, we have everything we need tucked away inside. And we keep saying that, don't we? You keep hearing that. You don't need to get a book. You don't need to take a course. I am telling you, you have it tucked away inside. You just have to learn how to tap into it. And so then I give you these mental tools. I give you this broader awareness and perspective about how to tap into it. But your journey is personal to you. If I started my business and I use these nine, these nine steps, I can share those nine steps, but you may only need three of those things that really resonate with you. So as I go through podcasts and share information or do courses or speak from stage, I always tell my audience, just take what you need, take what resonates with you and leave the rest. Just take what makes sense to you. And that's what we're gonna do today. So I use mala beads because I love, I love using my mental energy to stimulate an emotion which then communicates with the universe. I have tremendous amounts of success using mala beads. And the bottom line is using our mental energy 
to create a emotional response in the body. And then that emotional response in the body is what we hold on to. So going back to feeling in love, you remember at the very early stages of being in love, you, um, you, you fall in love and then let's say, you know, he or she goes that way, you go back to your house, apartment, whatever, and you're laying in bed at night and you're just thinking about this person. What is it doing? It's re, uh, it, it's reconjuring up those in love emotions. You think about it and it re, and you're like, ah, oh, I just, and you love the feeling, right? You relish in the feeling. You get the butterflies, you get the drop stomach, the racing heart, and you get the smile on your face. That's what mala beads do. You can either use a, a real life experience that you can relive over and over again that create those emotions, or you have this capacity that is so brilliantly laid upon us and that is using your imagination and allowing yourself to imagine what your life would be like on the other side, wherever it is you're trying to get to. Imagine and then do it again and then do it again and do it again and do it more and get it clear and get the scene clear with a lot of vivid colors and action and people and words and sound and smells and get all of this swirling in your imagination until, until you feel the emotion of having it. If it is mental energy, like we can go, okay, two plus two minus three divided by one. Who cares, right? It doesn't create any emotion, maybe frustration if you don't know math, but who cares? Overall, nobody cares. It doesn't, it doesn't, so that's your mental energy there. Now what we're doing is, what would it be like if you had the money? What would it be like? How would your life be different if you had the job, the money, the house, the, the life experience, the travel, the freedom, the boyfriend, the girlfriend? What would your life be like? How would it be different? Go there. Propel your imagination in front of you. However far you need to go. Right now, magic wand, poof, your life is different. Now what? That would create an emotional response. And then you feel into it. Be there. Go, go uh, spend a day there. Spend a week there. If you want a house, spend time at the house. Watch the kids play. Bring your partner in. Watch, the, watch you, know, you drive into the driveway and park your car in the garage. Make dinner in the kitchen. Go out into the backyard. Walk the dogs. Be in the house day and day and day and day until it becomes this emotional, satisfying, emotionally satisfying experience. If you just use mental energy, there's no emotion. But now use your mental energy to create emotion. Then you say, okay, here's this thing. I've got this emotion. And now I'm going to use a word, a mantra that represents this scene, that represents this experience. And you pick one or two words. And then for each bead, you say that one or two words. You say that mantra as you picture the scene that you just created that created this beautiful emotional response in the body. Isn't that fantastic? Now I can use my mental energy, which is my mind. That's my brain, right? And my emotional energy, that's, my, that's like 
the, the, the bridge between my mental, my conscious mind and my subconscious mind, my, my intuition, my connection with God. And I have to figure out this bridge because I can't use mental energy because it just isn't enough. It is to solve just day-to-day problems. It is, it is not to solve my emotional, which we're women, <laughs> we have emotions. And in order to overcome some of these obstacles that create emotion, we have to use a different part of our brain. We have to use a different type of thinking, a different tool. You can't use a saw to hammer a nail. It just is not effective and it, and, or it just doesn't work and vice versa. So another tool that I love to use to tap into my intuition is journaling. And when I journal, um, there is something about putting, and I love pencils, so I, I use pencils for journaling, but there's something about using, you know, a pencil, a physical object on a piece of paper, hearing the sound of the pencil on the paper, watching my handwriting and just allowing the words to just flow out. And it is amazing how, how that works. I will ask a question at the top of the paper and then I will just, like we kind of create the structure of it, but I, but journaling has no boundaries, but I will ask a question at the top of the paper and then I will just puke out answers as fast as I could write them. One word, they don't have to be complete sentences. They don't have to be legible even. They just, just go, just get it out. Um, If you find that this is um, easy or fun or you like it, then I encourage you to expand with different types of paper, different kinds of pencils or pens or colored pencils. You could, um, you could even write the opposite. You could write like uh, the perpendicular way on the lines. You could use uh, sketch paper and and write circular. I mean, you could use big writing or little writing or cursive or print, write whatever you want. I just, I, and the only reason I say that is because I have so many people, that, that clients or, or people that I've worked with in the past, I talk about journaling and they're like, yeah, but this and that, and they make all these rules for themselves. That's your mental energy coming back into play. That's your mental energy trying to follow the rules. The rules are for our mental capacity. We make them, we break them, <laughs> but, and we follow them because it keeps us safe, right? But it doesn't deal with our emotional being. So journaling is another one. Another one that's one of my absolute favorites is talking out loud. Sometimes I will sort through a problem because I like writing. I love mala beads, but if I have a lot of energy, mala beads aren't going to be the right tool for me in that moment. Uh, if, if I'm writing and I have too much energy, then I really can't write fast enough or my hand fatigues too quickly. Talking and walking is one of my favorite things to do or talking and driving. So on my phone, I have, just like I'm recording this podcast, I have a recording device, an app on my phone that looks just like a little microphone and I literally push play and I just go. So when I'm preparing talks, I pretend that there's an audience in front of me, here's my topic, here's the audience, and I just go. And it helps me to get there quicker to sort of create the content, the stories that I want to share in my talk or even in my podcast. And that is a faster way for me to get there. That's, that's if my, my mental energy is very fast and I do have a lot of energy early on in the morning. So that's another one to do. 
Now, again, I'm just going to give you, you know, a couple, I might even give you another one as, as I go through this recording, but there's always, there's always ways for you to expand on this, on this topic of things that will help you to step out of your mental energy, your mental thinking, and get more into your, I want to say like emotional thinking, but that's your vision that creates your emotions and connecting to your intuition. Now, how do you know your intuition is connecting or you are getting, getting your intuitive guidance versus your mental guidance? Here's what I always tell my clients. Just like I'm talking to you right now, that is how my intuition comes to me. It's as if someone else is saying it. However, it's like this most trusted advisor. So it's like if you and I were sitting at a coffee shop across from each other and you said, in one word, tell me what I need to do to lose weight. And I would say, connect to yourself. Now, also, your intuition is going to resonate with you, which is what creates the trust. So as, as I am asking my trusted advisor, and I say, what do I have to do to lose weight? And my trusted advisor says, connect to yourself. I immediately go, yes. I am in alignment with it because it is my higher self, my intuition is my higher self. And when that message comes in, it is like it's coming from somewhere else, but it is completely in alignment with me. I completely harmonize, which is why it makes it so easy. When I first started personal training and I was working with a couple of single clients, not single as in not married, but just one client, it didn't take long for me to get bored. And I remember asking, I was working at the front desk and folding the gym towels and asking them, like, what am I going to do? And I kept getting the message, go out. I'm like, go out. And I would ignore it because I didn't understand it. What am I going to do? Go out. Like, go out. Stop. Like, I don't, like what? So then I asked for clarification. And the next message that came through is I'm folding towels and asking this question. That's being quiet and just listening. It's just like when you ask a question of a person. I ask a question and then I stop. I stop talking and, and I wait and I listen, right? And uh, go out on your own. Oh, yes, I love that idea. And then it was how. And that's for a different podcast. But when I'm getting these messages... I just step into it because my higher self has a higher perspective. I am down here in the trenches of this physical world trying to make things happen and I can't see the whole perspective. I can't see all around me. Here's another analogy. Picture an anthill and you are standing above the anthill looking down at it and there is a breadcrumb that is four inches from the anthill. And that ant is at the top of the hill going, and there's all these, you know, this grass or these twigs or these little plants all around. So the ant does not have direct sight of this breadcrumb. And so the ant is like, please, please, God, 
please lead me to the food. Right? And I'm standing above. Now, I'm not saying I'm God. I'm just saying this is just about perspective. But he's praying. Where's the food at? And what I can do is I can guide the ant. I could take my finger and draw a line in, in the sand leading him to the breadcrumb. Right? I have a higher perspective. He is down in the trenches and cannot see. Cannot see where the breadcrumb is. This is, but the only way for me to connect with him is if he asks, if he taps into it, if he asks for help, if he asks for guidance, if he, if he stops talking and stops forcing and pushing and pulling and asks for guidance, then that's when I can help him. And that's what I'm asking you. What is it that you want? What is it that you're, that you're looking for? How are you asking for guidance? And are you waiting patiently for the answer? Just like if you are asking somebody and be like, okay, so what do I got to do to make more money? Huh? Huh? What do I got to do? What do I got to do? What do I got to do to make more money? Come on, you're not helping me. How come you're not answering the question? Nobody is going to ask, answer you if you're acting like that. And are you acting like that? Are you trying to smooth the water with your hands? The more you move your hands, the worse the water gets. You are creating massive waves. Calm, breathe, turn your mind down, turn the volume of your mind down. And there's 500 million ways to do that. Mala beads is my favorite because I can use my mental energy to create the pictures in my mind, create the mantra and, and tap into what it is that I want. Then I can use journaling if I have a little bit more energy and I can ask the question and just wait for the answer, but I'm quiet. I'm not still continuing to force. Then the last is by talking out loud. Now, those are my three favorites. What are yours? What are your three favorites? How can you get in and silence? Maybe you go for a walk. Maybe you take the dogs out for a walk in the woods and you're breathing in the, you know, the fresh air and you're feeling your feet touch the ground as you're moving through this beautiful space and you can ask the question and then just see what comes up and listen to the messages. This is not just auditory listening, but staying present listening. But again, the way you know you're forcing it is because you're feeling resistance. You're saying things like, I gotta, I need to, I have to, I should. Those are, those are mental energies. That is mental energy telling you what you should be doing. So I encourage you to explore these ideas further and to come up with a better idea, better ways for you to connect to your intuition. I tell Cameron all the time, he, when he makes a mistake or something, he gets really down on himself and he calls himself stupid and dumb and whatever. And I say, you know, for one, making mistakes does not mean that you're stupid or dumb or anything. It has nothing to do with your intelligence. All it means is that you're new, that you're starting, you're learning a new skill. That's all. That's all that means. And I told him, I said, as you call yourself dumb or stupid, I said, does that feel good when you do that? And he says, well, no. And I said, think of you like your, your best friend that is you, that is tucked away inside of you, that is over in the backyard by that tree, and he makes a mistake. Would you go over there and say you're stupid? And he's like, no. I said, what would you do? He goes, I would encourage him. 
you know, try to remember next time or whatever, whatever the problem is, try to remember next time or you'll get it next time and we can do this together. I said, then that's what you say to yourself because that is you. That is you. If you go over there and you call yourself stupid and you call that second part of you, it's sitting over there by the tree and he's mad and you call him stupid, you're really not helping that relationship. If somebody was calling me stupid, I'm certainly not going to be trusting them or valuing my relationship with them, certainly not for very long. And I said, so being encouraging. So I encourage you to be encouraging to yourself. Taking, understanding how your mind works and how energy works is really important to creating a life that you want to be a part of, that you want to live, a life to be proud of, to create deeper connections. You know, a couple of podcasts, we talk about forgiving and there's that mental energy, but it creates this emotion. And it's like, you just have to learn how to balance these different parts of your thinking. Which tool, when do I use mental energy? When do I use emotional energy? When do I use intuitive energy? And then figuring out which ones, which tool do I use? Do I use mala beads? Do I go for a walk? Do I sit quietly? Do I journal? And that's going to be completely up to you. And you will find one that resonates with you. These are just some ideas. So I encourage you to come over to Chakras for Beginners. This is my Facebook group. It's a community that's growing and growing and growing and growing. And if, again, you are interested in my healing community, if you really want to take part in this and you really want to dive deeper, I have another community, but I will not say the name on the air because I want you to come to Chakras for Beginners. If this is something that you are interested in, send me a message. You can send it through the Meditation Room TC. You can send it through Chakras for Beginners. Tell me that you're wanting to heal and tell me you want to be a part of the exclusive group. Tell me you, you heard the invite through a podcast and I will invite you to our private group. This is where we're going to be doing coaching. It's a free, it's a free community. So there's a bunch of wonderful women in there that are all about learning and advancing and deepening their connections. And there's going to be other offers in there that you might be interested in as well. So this is just another way to connect. And I just encourage you to continue to keep building, keep going, and keep working on your mental, emotional, and intuitive energy. If you like this episode, please share them with your friends and join our Facebook communities. Chakras for Beginners is an energy-based community that is highly active and growing every day. This is the sister group to our meditation business called The Meditation Room TC, where we sell products and services to begin your meditation practice. I look forward to hanging out with you.